0: Hello, and a warm welcome to This Woman's Work, a space where you can hear and read about some amazing women, the fantastic jobs they do, and the paths that have led them to where they are today. Um, So, I'm here with Sophie. Hi, Sophie. (laughs) Um, Did you want to tell the listener, in your own words, what it is you do for a living? So, I'm a tattoo artist in Stamford.
1: Between me and eight other people, we have a studio sort of just off the centre of Stamford Town. Um, We've got five artists a nail artist, a body piercer, and a sort of business management woman. Um, I've been officially tattooing, I guess, for five years now. And how long have you had the studio for? Uh, So, Eden itself, we have had for three years. It was just before lockdown that we sort of signed Ah. a contract on Eden. Um, And I think within three months, it was just shy of three months actually, because we weren't entitled to any government help because it was just shy of three months. Um, we got locked down so I guess for a year of that we did absolutely nothing and then when we did come back into the studio it was all like massive PPE and yeah, yeah. all that crap for a good year and um, so, I guess normally working in the studio, we've probably been at it for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Inch
0: now. So, you didn't get any support at all? No, none. So we but got... you also had to pay all your rent and yeah, all your rates and everything. Yeah,
1: So, So, what the government did, because we were self employed and all of us were self employed before we opened Eden collectively, yeah. we were entitled to get the self employment help.
0: Right, so okay. So, we would
1: be given the grants of what we would earn, averagely minus 20% or whatever yeah, yeah. it was. Um, but sort of me, myself, sorry, me, Sammy, all of us were sort of starting up bar AD, who had been a tattooist for a while. Right. Um so all of our income for that sort of two years they were basing it off was so low. Yeah. Um and what most businesses got within Stamford, I don't know about other councils, was like a ten thousand pounds yeah. to pay their rents and yeah. their rates and stuff. We didn't get any of that because we were short of that time cut off so we were literally being told you know you need to pay your rates you need to pay your rent you need to pay your waste service even though it's not resuming
0: because if you don't you will lose
1: all them things but we weren't actually given any help and I mean god
0: you must have considered just throwing in the towel did you? (laughs)
1: So no, to be fair, us as a team, we all sort of got together over Zoom or messages, whatever it was at the time, and worked out a way that we could all pay an amount in to be able to keep the business going. And to be honest, the way we did that was through clients on our social medias, us saying, this is the situation we're in, we're all really honest about it, and clients would be like, okay, so we know you're going to reopen at one point, here's a day session's worth of money tattooing me when you come back yeah, to work yeah, yeah so yeah. those people really saved us to be able oh. to keep the business open but it did mean that when then we were allowed back and at this point for a year and a half we had earned nothing when we were allowed back to work we were then working for nothing
0: yeah yeah. because we
1: were working paying to back. paying yeah. back those people that so generously offered to pay us during lockdown gosh yeah it was mental
0: <laughs> well i think i'm going to be interviewing a lot of um Self-employed people in this, and I think it's going to be crazy hearing these kind of stories. So blimey! Um, okay, so you've been tattooist for five years, mm-hmm. salon for a couple of years. What were you doing before that? What What predates tattooing? Okay, so
1: um, I guess directly before I started tattooing, I was working for the shittest company I've ever known um, (laughs) as a cleaner, just an in-house cleaner for different sort of families.
0: But you were getting ink yourself during this time, weren't you? Yeah, so
1: I've been tattooed since I was 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And my brother that I mentioned earlier that I now work with, he has been a tattooist for 14, 15 years now. Wow, okay. So it's always been something that I've been really interested in, but I had my first son incredibly young and I just needed to pay the bills. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it was
1: whatever I could do to just pay the bills.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: an apprenticeship, they're great, and it's how you should learn to tattoo, but you don't really earn any money in the first few years of an apprenticeship. Yeah. And I couldn't support my child while doing an apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So I was literally just cleaning houses.
0: You said you started getting ink from 18. Yeah. Was your brother doing it? Did you used to let him do it? Yeah, or... so I've okay. done
1: a fair few of my tattoos. Uh-huh. I've had a few of my tattoos done elsewhere. Um, really naughtily, and I can't say this is the right way to go, but at like 15, I was tattooing myself
0: at home. And that's not okay, you shouldn't do that, but I was doing it. At school and stuff, were you arty? I guess I've got to ask that. Yeah, I was
1: always arty. Yeah. Probably the only thing I ever felt I was particularly good at was the artistic side of things Um, my mum is an artist my granddad is an artist my older brother is an artist it's really funny in our family because there was a definite split between an artistic side and a really quite smart side Ah. and the artist didn't really get the brains and the brains didn't really get the artistic side and there was like such a deadline split between us so like two of my brothers are tattooists yeah one of them's an accountant.
0: Oh, my <laughs> God. Is it your accountant? No, so he does do my accounts. <laughs> so so what, what was the first point then? What was the ha- how so did you make that transition?
1: Years back, before yeah. I was a cleaner, I was working with AD yeah. in his studio at the time um, as a body piercer. So I'd got my qualifications as a body piercer. Okay, yeah. I'd learnt all the sterile chain, all of the hygienic part of that, yeah. but still really had no idea about tattooing. Really. But was watching AD and the sterile chain, the hygiene part is very similar across piercing and tattooing.
0: Oh, right, okay.
1: The only thing that comes in slightly different with tattooing is sort of skin infections and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I learned all of that part, um, and when I was working as a piercer, I hated it. I literally oh. hated it. I could tell you stories for days oh, of why gosh. I hated it. Um. But also what in... just
0: getting asked to do some really dodgy stuff? Just weird stuff. And did you start tattooing at your brother's place then?
1: No. Right. So it was always kind of a plan that I would be piercing there, and look into the tattooing side of things. Yeah. Me and ad are so very similar. I think oh, are we you? are both very much BPD or something along them lines. And yeah, we are. What's the age gap? So AD's is ten years older than me. Ah. So, really close, but also so similar that with, a, with a one look, we could piss each other off. Right. So, as much as we had great intentions of making that work, at the time, we were both just in a really shit place. Yeah. That it was yeah. never going to work us working together. Yeah. Which, is in reflection, is sad, but I think then when we came back together, six, seven years yeah, later, yeah. to Form Eden, we were both more grown up. We were yeah. both in better places, in better relationships, just better as people. Yeah. And now we Sometimes the timing's just not mm-hmm. right, is it? And it wasn't.
0: Did you then work for another studio, or you were just sort of doing it privately, or...? No, so,
1: the story of what happened is, when I was cleaning, literally left work one day, I
0: thought,
1: I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. It's not for me anymore. Um, And I said to my then-husband, I'm going to open a tiny studio. And he kind of laughed it off and was like, you you don't know how to tattoo and I was like yeah I'm going to teach myself fuck it don't worry I'm going to teach myself so bless him at the time he let me tattoo him I practised on him some of his family his younger brother um, some of my family friends all of that stuff yeah yeah Um, and like I said I went and approached a hairdresser who had a room to rent right And I just said please just give me a chance she couldn't look at anything I'd already done because I hadn't done anything So you literally, she bought
0: you, she literally literally bought you as a a person and
1: and I got on with her so well and bless her, she recently passed away and she was such a huge energy in South girl, she's massively missed. Um, but I still owe so much to her because she literally was like, I'll let you give it a go. Yeah, yeah. So I was paying her rent weekly, um, she knew nothing about tattooing but such a great business mentor, just a powerhouse of a woman, um. And through hair, I think I really found my confidence yeah, to grow. Yeah. And then I started advertising really cheap rates. So some really great customers were like, yeah, you can you can do me for Yeah, this. yeah. And then I could have work to show the level I was at.
0: Yeah, advertise yeah. it becomes self-fulfilling, so doesn't it?
1: And it was just kind of went from there. Wow. And then from where I was in the hairdressers um another little shop came up and it was actually the shop that my brother adie had before and he moved on ah, to a bigger shop ah. so i approached him and was like would you care if i took the other shop and it was like no, no no go for it so i took on the other smaller shop which yeah. was on north street um ah, okay and that's when i approached debbie the pierce and was like just come with me and again at that point she would have had people telling her don't go into business with her she doesn't know what she's doing yeah,
0: So i yeah. probably
1: didn't really know what i was doing but again, Debbie took a risk with me. Yeah. She came with me. And oh. that's when we formed Aurora on North Street. Um, and again, just kind of grew from there. My skill set grew. I think it was at the end of sort of that era that I really found who I was as, as an artist. Yeah, yeah. Not fully, because I'm still not sure who that is. But I started really to love what I was doing and meeting people. And it, it felt less stressful and more rewarding in that era. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then obviously... How Eden came about is one of my good friends had it as a makeup studio. And just before Christmas, she was like, I need to stop the makeup studio because she just had her second child. She wanted more time with the kids. And her original business was already thriving so well. She was like, I just, I don't need that extra stress. Yeah, yeah. Do you want a bigger place? And I did want a bigger place. Yeah. I didn't want a bigger place just before Christmas. But she was like, just (sighs) come and have a look. So I went and had a look and I. Absolutely. Oh, it place. is a great space. With beams, everything about it. So then I rang AD, my brother, that night, who at the time we weren't massively close, but I was like, Look, this place has come up. I really think we should consider going into business together. Wow. And he was like, Okay, I'll look at it. I yeah. think he was happy where he was, but again we both wanted to grow. Yeah, yeah. And eventually I think we both knew we would end up working together. Yeah. Just needed to be the right time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. so he came and had a look and at the time his mrs sammy yeah. was also with him um and now my partner darren was also with ad ah. so they came across the studio and had a look yeah also loved the place so we we're like
0: let's just do this let's just do it let's just take a risk and do it if we track back i oh mean god i could just ask loads of more questions about that but if we track back and i guess you've we've sort of touched on this already about what was it particularly about about tattooing so i guess if you are an artist you are mm-hmm. You could have done all sorts of things, I guess. And I'm guessing you still do. You probably do draw and sketch as yeah. well. But what was it that made you think, I want to express that in the, in the art of tattoo as opposed to on canvas? or? Yeah.
1: So I do think I'm a fairly fierce feminist. Yeah. I massively believe in equal rights and everything. Um, and from a young age, I started getting tattooed. From a really young age, I hated my body. So probably like five, Gosh. six, I was noticing an I wasn't the same as other girls. Most women, yeah. And I really hated myself for yeah. it. And it was only when I started tattooing myself at 14, 15 that I actually really liked the look of my body because I had tattoos on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. People stared, but it was for a different reason. And I loved that. Yeah. And I felt like if I could be a tattooist to make other people People feel feel like that. that, And to be fair, not just women, other people. Yeah. yeah, I have a man that's lost nine stone and now hates his torso and wants to cover his torso with tattoos because maybe he'll love it a bit more Yeah, yeah. And I think he will. Yeah. And I think like it's such a massive thing to be able to express who I am artistically and also make a huge
0: difference to how people feel about their body.
1: That tattooing just made perfect sense
0: you've obviously taken a slightly more ad hoc approach to getting qualified Mm -hmm. but obviously you've got to be licensed anyway absolutely yeah so that's one thing and there is to get licensed do you have to prove a level of skill or is it just you have to just register which basically makes you accountable and then you get insurance and everything so you do
1: have to prove your level of knowledge towards the sterile chain towards not giving you a bloodborne disease yeah. to make sure that everything you are doing is sanitary. Yeah. So you do need to prove that knowledge. You could literally not be able to draw a thing and they would give you a, a tattoo license as long as you can prove you're not going to give someone HIV. Yeah, yeah. Which is massively the important part because yeah, art yeah. is hugely subjective. Yeah. There is a woman in London who is a tattooist and a bloody well-known one making thousands of pounds for the fact she cannot draw. She does ignorant tattooing. So, shit drawings that your five year old child could do, but people travel to her through country because that is her style. So no, you don't have to draw. There is no art qualification you need. Yeah. You do need to prove that you're not going to be unsanitary. Sanitary, yeah, yeah. And so different councils have different levels so of They do, yeah. So in Stamford, you need to have a clean and a dirty sink. Yeah. There needs to be so many sinks to the amount of people that are working. Yeah, There yeah. needs to be a sink in each bay, for example. Yeah. Whereas in Peterborough, I've been tattooed in places where the, you didn't need a sink in the bay. And so each council is vastly different. So wherever you're planning on setting up a tattoo studio, you need to check your council's rules. Because yeah, what, yeah. what rules are to me won't apply to you if you live in Brighton or London.
0: And that's probably good advice if you want to get a tattoo. And mm-hmm. if you are a little bit, I don't know, not OCD, but if you are a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. as a lot of people are now, aren't they? Really into Absolutely. hygiene and stuff more. Then you can obviously then know mm-hmm if you want to what go. The Where yeah, yeah. they're following the rules. Yeah, yeah. And actually reptile tattooists would want you to look that up. What inherent sort of either inherent skills that you have, obviously artistically, mm-hmm. but also life-learned skills do you think you have that make you particularly good at this job?
1: I think this is a really hard question for me because being artistic will help in this industry. Yeah. It will help. But I know tattoo artists on the seafronts in seasides that cannot draw. That are 100% making more money than I am. And that is because they have a flash wall full of tattoos that Do people they have they've not necessarily go in done. And they've already done them. They would no. have been off the internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People can go in one after in each other and it's £50 a time all day long. Yeah. So by the end of the day, they've earned £1,000. They've drawn nothing. Yeah, yeah. But they have earned £1,000. So I think there is a really big difference between a tattoo artist and a tattooist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And there's no shame in that, by the way. Yeah, you can yeah. go earn a thousand pound doing that. Go and earn a thousand. Well, and if somebody just that. wants to pay fifty I'm, quid, and I'm yeah. not looking down my nose at that. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a huge difference. I, I do believe in that. So in terms of artistic skills, I don't think that's necessarily anything to do with why I'm a tattooist. Yeah, and what I makes think you? Good to be it. good at being a tattooist, you have to have a really thick skin. Because there is going to be people no, that tell say you you're shit. Yeah. You are 100% going to get that. And especially in the first few years, there will always be someone that says, well, I don't think she should be a tattooist. And the answer is that, don't get a tattoo from me. No one yeah. is forcing you. Yeah. But someone will always say your shit. And it's always going to get back to you. And you're always going to hear it. Yeah. And you can either go into yourself and cry and think, yeah, they're absolutely right. Or if you think, but I won't be here next year. And keep improving on that. Yeah.
0: I feel that's like, gotta be like... That's got to be art in total, it? Because mm-hmm. it's so... Everyone's got an opinion about it. It's rough, to be yeah. artists. People it go, well, yeah, rough. I don't like that, or I don't get it, or... Mm-hmm. It's like even the ones that I've had done recently. You know, I've got... Literally, I've got some of my friends that go, oh, my gosh, that's so mm-hmm. great. And everyone's the going, oh, my God, why have you done... You know, why have you... Because everyone has an opinion, don't Every they? Everyone will have an opinion. And they always have an opinion about people's... Like you say earlier, about people's bodies and things. Mm-hmm. And they want to share them yeah so resilience basically you've just got to be really hard work because you
1: are going to have people tell you shit and there is going to be a year where you earn barely any money because you are learning to do this even in apprenticeship or how i did it yeah you'll be learning on the job and there will be really nothing in terms of earnings there you will pay probably what
0: you cost you to do it yeah um and yeah just you've got to really want to do it basically I guess the flip side of inherent skills or life-learned skills, what, what challenges do you think you have in particular? So I think either personal characteristics, strengths, weaknesses, anything like that that I think that I guess you struggle with in this job, mm. which is probably might be linked back to the first point in some respects, but is there anything that you think you struggle with? I
1: do think it's harder to be a female tattooist, and that isn't oh. the feminist in me speaking. Yeah. I think it's harder. From my stories being a female tattooist to my brother's stories being a male one, I think it's different. I think we all get a little bit objectified. We have cool jobs. So we are a little bit objectified.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But we've, I've I've personally had situations where I felt unsafe in being a tattooist. Oh. And that's shit. He's, and I feel like, so when I was working at hairdressers, I was in a tiny room at the top of a hairdresser's. So the rest of them were like two floors away. Yeah. And I had a man come in who was really drunk, nine o'clock in the morning, booked in for a oh tattoo, but he was very drunk, bless him. Clearly had a problem. Sat on my bed and I was like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I can't tattoo you while you're drunk. That's yeah. my duty of care to him.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and he was like, well, what are you going to do about it? And that's threatening and that's crap. Yeah. And he's right, what am I going to do about it? I can't make this six foot tall man leave. Yeah, and I feel like in that moment he knew he had a position of power. Yeah,
0: yeah, And I'm not
1: sure that would have been the case if I was a male doing that same job. Yeah. Um, I've had to ban a man because mid tattoo he's told me he'd like to ejaculate on my face.
0: Oh my! Like that's gosh. a completely normal
1: thing to do to me because I am in this industry, and I feel like you wouldn't say that to a girl at Costa.
0: Yeah. But because
1: I'm a tattooist, and you see, like. Tattoo magazines, and it's all like a little bit sexualized. Yes, it is. I'm very open about sex, never with clients, particularly. But again, it was just acceptable. And then I was like, I'd rather you didn't come back. I'm uncomfortable. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. Don't say that. Yeah,
0: yeah. a whole shift now in about boundaries and what is and isn't acceptable i guess have you seen any shift in that you know where the shift came is when we moved to eden
1: and i Uh, hate that fact because i hate that it probably came because now i'm in a room with other people other people but that's when it happened we don't get that anymore none of us get that anymore yeah because we're in a room with other people and i do feel like when people are being slightly inappropriate it's not as easy to do that with onlookers it's not my word against theirs yeah it's mine and his and hers and what their word against yours yeah yeah so i do think it's
0: it's different it's when safety you're in a isn't room. it yeah yeah god um so what has been and this might be a tricky one and it might be multiple things so far what has been the absolute best part of being a tattoo artist So I think we all find massive pride
1: in the fact that we moved to Eden, we had that shit rough year with COVID. Yeah, I
0: was going to say. And even through that, we've grown from five to eight. I've got to ask, in terms of the work you've done though, has there been any particular story that stands out more than anyone else? Other than, I mean, obviously (laughs) you've already touched on just empowering women's bodies, Mm -hmm. which is obviously fantastic.
1: So yeah, there is always one story I'll always remember. It was about six months into starting, so it wasn't very far in. And this is not remotely artistic. There has been parts of art, like artwork that I've done that I've been so proud of and, like, entered certain pieces of tattoos into competitions and I've won them and that's amazing. Oh, wow. um, so I'm really proud of that on an artistic front. The one that will stick with me is I had an 87-year-old woman come to me when I, like I say, fairly new. And... Um, and do you know how you see some nannies that have, like, got dyed hair and they're, like, really cool? Yeah, yeah. She wasn't. She was, like, a proper aware nanny. Oh, Like, wow. what you'd expect on a Betty Crocker advert. Oh, my gosh. And she's so well-spoken and she's like, oh, just like my first tattoo. I was like, oh, okay, that's amazing, let's do it. And she was like, yeah, I've recently lost my husband, so I'd like something to do with that. And I thought, you know, like, little memorial things, sweet little things to remember her husband. So I did, like, some drawings for really these sweet little things to remember her husband. So she comes in and she's like, they're really lovely, but I had a really specific idea in mind. I was like, okay, what is it? She's like, I just want the words, not today, Satan, tattooed on my ass. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, that's all I want. And I was like, okay, but I thought we was doing something for your husband. Was that something that he had said then? <laughs> and she said, basically, my husband was a a narcissistic controlling man oh, for 40 not... years of our marriage and I stayed with him for the kids and I thought you poor oh. woman and basically this is my final fuck you to him now he's dead and at that moment I was like this is my industry
0: I oh love this God. place so she absolutely validated you in one kind of one,
1: one sentence yeah. just so sad she'd waited her whole life wasted all that time
0: oh with an asshole.
1: but that's that's all she needed was her fuck you to him. Yeah, and I was going to give it to her, and that was the best thing. <laughs> so when you say on her ass, just on, on one cheek. cheek, on her ass cheek, yeah, yeah, just not today, saying.
0: It's <laughs> oh usually the son, best to with that. No, <laughs> damn
1: it. So I did. We <laughs> no. need to
0: find that lady and get she, a picture. She didn't
1: want her bum photographed, which was fine. But yeah, just Do you know, is she still alive? Thing? Do you know? I don't know. Oh. I haven't seen her around in town. Oh. I hope so. I hope
0: she's just Just living her best life. off to the Isle of
1: Man on a motorbike. Just oh do you know my what I gosh. mean? Just living it now.
0: <laughs> there you go. Oh I love that. Okay, so we've I think we've probably already touched on this as well, in terms of what's the worst part. Of doing what you do. Because I guess, I just, again, I just want to give a feel for people for kind of like what the highs and lows of this kind of job are. Absolutely. I think you've already discussed that brilliantly in terms of some mm. rather nasty stories. <laughs> but anything else? You never clock off. Yeah. Ever.
1: And I am fiercely trying to Especially not with time. social as well now. I, there's no social life for me, if I'm really honest. Yeah. My time is divided between working and my boys. Yeah. And... I will flip between this 10 times a week between, right, I want more time with the kids now and, right, I want really passionate work going on in the studio yeah. now. And there's no middle ground. I will get messages at three o'clock in the morning asking for a tattoo quote. If I go out in town, people will stop you at a bar and be like, how much hey, does this cost? Well, and I'll be like, I'm oh, kid, I don't want to give you a quote right now. yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is no off button when you're doing this. And I no. think it's the same for beauty and hair and all of that crap. I feel like you become more approachable because yeah. it is a social job yeah. that people do not switch off from it. And that's hard.
0: Um yeah.
1: and I think once a month I'll say to myself, I'm just gonna turn my messages off. Yeah. I'm just gonna ignore them. Yeah. You can't. You literally can't, because the next message might be the thing that sets your artistic fire yeah. alight, So you can never put it down. But it's oh my always gosh. there. Yeah,
0: you and you are right. Now I'm actually thinking about that. I think I've messaged. Sammy, quite early in the morning, I would have to go yeah. to work We don't <laughs> mind. It's just, you never stop. No. It never ends, you know? It was saying, what's it the strange. I know! Pressure. What's the strangest <laughs> thing that's happened to you as this? Um, and is it, I mean, we've already talked about the fact that, you know, there's a little bit of inappropriacy, which is putting it mildly and politely. But I guess, what's what's the. And I'm guessing you've got quite a good barometer for weird as well, haven't you?
1: Yeah, we get everything. Every walk of life, every kind of person. Comes in. Nothing surprises us anymore. Every
0: request. I, I do desperately want to ask what's the weirdest requests you've had for so stuff. Without naming names.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't do it. Um, I will never ever do a tattoo that I find... Offensive to the point of unnecessary. I have a dark sense of humor. Yeah. Um. But I asked got asked for a a really offensive tattoo. Right.
0: Um.
1: And I think it was meant in a jokey, jesty way, but it was just bad taste. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I have to be like, no, I'm not not doing doing that." that. But then on the flip side of that. You will see people who have had offensive, racist tattoos 40 years ago. Yeah. Before they were educated properly. Yeah, yeah. That will come to us and be like, I hate this. I this hate this. I isn't who I am yeah. anymore. And I want to get rid of it.
0: Is there a part of the body you won't tattoo? No. you <laughs> tattoo. There is
1: members of Eden team that will not tattoo genitals. I'm not one of them. I've tattooed yeah. genitals. For me, skin is skin. It's yeah, yeah. part of it. We all have different boundaries. Yeah. Um, I have tattooed penises. It's a bit weird.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but they will clean their own penis, absolutely their own penis. The only thing yeah. I'm doing is with a needle. Yeah, yeah. That's a weird situation actually, because most of the time when I'm tattering penises, it tends to be tattering a female's name on a penis. So I feel like <laughs> they've probably been a bit naughty and, and now they need the whole... to be tagged on their willy.
0: Right. <laughs> oh interesting. And I feel like
1: my stance on that is probably if you need to brand their penis, it's probably best you just walk away. But
0: everyone has different yeah, boundaries, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, you will, you will tattoo, tattoo anyway. I mean, what's the most common place, though, that you tattoo?
1: Um, for me, weirdly, sternums. I do sternums an oh, awful lot. Do you? And maybe that is because I do them a lot, so I advertise them a lot. Yeah, yeah. So then people see them and be like, oh, can I have this yeah. on my sternum? So, sternums is probably what I tattoo the most of. Oh.
0: Um,
1: but I like weird placements. It's controversial, most terrorists wouldn't agree, but I like tattering throats. I yeah, like yeah. tattooing faces. Yeah. I kind of like that weird element what of eyes? what I'm doing. So,
0: Have you? I mean, because no. that's quite niche, isn't it?
1: <laughs> so eye tattoos, can't you believe, isn't done with a machine. Right. If you tried to machine tattoo an, an eye, it, yeah. it would not work. Yeah. So what an eye tattoo is that most people commonly see is an injection of just die right in that layer, there is a massively high chance you'll go blind. <gasps> it's so unregulated; hardly anyone that's doing it is licensed to do it. Yeah, because authorities aren't going to license you when there's a forty percent chance that you might take Can someone's do sight part? doing that. Yeah, so no, not something I would do. Um, when we're talking about skin, I'd do anywhere. Yeah, yeah, but mental shit like that.
0: No. Yeah, <laughs> well, someone said to me the other day, which it might even have been Caroline. Said that nails, people yeah, they ta-
1: I've never done them, um, I wouldn't know how to do them. I know how to do
0: that, grows out though, yeah. So it's like, I mean, I guess I get it, you're getting a tattoo, but then it's just going to grow I guess out with a nail.
1: If you were tattooing below the nail bed through yeah. the tattoo into the layer that isn't, no longer your nail. Okay. It wouldn't grow out because what a nail's doing is the nail's growing. Yeah, yeah so The it's skin the nail underneath bed. Yeah, isn't. Okay. So I guess it wouldn't grow out. I cannot imagine the pain of that. I mean, I've had my palms tattooed and that was bad enough. Was it? Like, I cannot imagine the pain of having a, doing nail, a nail bed nail. tattoo. But then we have had people that, I think Sammy did one last week actually, who have lost toenails through accidents. Yes. And then have that platform tattooed. Um, and I know a tattooist in London, she's a really nice girl. She does cosmetic tattooing. So if you've got webbed feet or lost a nail, she puts them nails or webs back in, and it's incredibly impressive. So she has the Master X for Me Tattoo Alliance, that's her charity that she set up. Okay. And what it is is women that have had cancer, yeah. they've lost their nipples, she now reconstructs them. You would I've never seen know. That, yeah. She is absolutely incredible. Um, but she also does that sort of side of it as well. Yeah, like yeah. She's amazing.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm totally getting her number. Yeah, I'm getting a yeah. number. <laughs> um, you touched on earlier a little bit about money, because mm-hmm. I guess for people listening, what, I guess it's getting an idea of what you can earn and how it works. And in many ways, so you've obviously, said, you know, you started out, you started off mm-hmm. cheap. Did you, I mean, I guess you had from your brother, you had a barometer of what what sort of cost effective would look like but so your rate card now though that you guys i mean do you all charge different rates yes so we're all fairly different we're we're all different speeds so what you would get done in a day
1: with me would be different what you would get done in a day with ad and etc etc but the the money side of tattering is really hard because it isn't just skill based it's not just based on skill because what you would pay for a day of my time here would be double if we were in London. Yeah. So it is so place-dependent. Yeah, yeah. And I do feel like you get to this point in your career where you spend a year or two doing cheap rates to get enough experience to be able to tattoo at a good rate. Yeah. And then you'll spend the next two years tattooing at a good rate, but probably stuff you don't want to tattoo. And now Ah. I'm spending this year discounting the stuff I want to tattoo so I'm earning less than I was a year ago with more experience that's because the now artist, I want to do the passion yeah, yeah. bit
0: yeah. so it's such
1: a seesaw like I say next year I'll you've almost got go to go, go back to go forward each time absolutely <laughs> Yeah. so yeah. if you want to specialise in traditional you need to do traditional cheat You yeah. do 300 traditional tattoos to build up a
0: portfolio to, to then do it at a
1: higher rate yeah. so there is no clear cut answer no. there will be days that are shit and weeks that are shit, but it might set your passion on fire for what yeah. you're doing. And days that are great, but you won't remember one single tattoo you did, because it's just things you didn't necessarily want to do. Yeah, yeah, You've done yeah. them well, yeah. but in terms of artistic passion, there's none. Yeah. So it's so varied.
0: And I guess, I mean, talking about, so who are, who would be the top tattooists then in the UK? Or are they not really, really <laughs> obvious? I guess I'm just trying to think about... I mean, are there people just earning hundreds of thousands of absolutely. pounds? Absolutely, absolutely. From what, doing like the odd tattoo? Can, and they pick so,
1: and choose? Or? So there is tattooists such as Paul Booth, who has got a massive reputation for being an incredible horror artist. Oh,
0: and he is incredible.
1: He could work one day a month and earn what I earn in a month.
0: But is that because he's doing quite an intricate big thing or just... He's amazing. He okay. is amazing. So you're paying for him? But you are paying for his reputation as well as his art. I know amazing
1: tattooists who are charging £300 a day... Because they aren't well-known.
0: Yeah. But their
1: work is just as outstanding. Yeah. But they maybe haven't got that social media following. They haven't got well, that... Well, I was going to ask, it. so how did, he get, how did he get famous, for want of a better phrase? Then? I think when he started doing what he was doing, it was a relatively breakthrough thing. Yeah. He was, like, a really cool horror artist. And it was the time where, like, skin deep and all of them things were rising to fame. Yeah. So he was then published in loads of them. Right. Got a massive following. Right time and place There's a lot of what industry. And
0: social, do you think socials played a massive part in it? Probably or? not so much for him back then, yeah, if yeah. I'm
1: honest. Because back then it wasn't like it is today. You didn't need to be massive on social media. He's massive on social media now. No. But, but back that's back not then, probably not. It was more magazine, newspaper, all of that crap that built yeah, yeah. a following for him. Now if you're talking about earning hundreds of thousands a year, it's probably for a good social media following. Yeah yeah
0: yeah. What next? Where do you guys? Where do, I want to say, where do you go from here? But where does the whole studio? Because now you're a collective, aren't you? You're a so we are group. Um, but that's where it gets
1: slightly more complicated again, because we are a collective group. But I think me and Caroline, who you've yeah, yeah. met, um, the next step is we want a vintage shop in Stamford. Oh. Um, we feel like there's not really anything here. There in really isn't. So I would continue to tattoo part time. Yeah, and have a vintage shop part time. We've made all of our business plans. We know all of our plans to do it. It's just the perfect, the perfect space. Yeah,
0: yeah. We've looked
1: at so many. And you would tattoo
0: from the shop, I guess. No, or not? Eden will at... stay as Eden right. is.
1: Yeah, and this will be a separate little venture um where we'll be selling like vintage 90s 80s kind of retro clothes not so much the vintage side of like 40s and 50s yeah we don't know that much about it yeah yeah and there's already an amazing lady who works in Oakham doing that yeah um but do you know like the 90s 80s kind of fashion yeah kids are loving that.
0: oh my god yeah yeah
1: we want to do something with that i think yeah in terms of a vintage shop it is really likely that it might never make great money yeah and if it does it definitely won't just... for a year yeah
0: but we just want to do you something doing you know it. yeah
1: um so that's maybe the short time plan um I also want to do an art exhibition um that I'm really excited about working with people between 80 and 90 years old fairly complicated yeah. thing um so that's Probably short-term plan. Those yeah. two things. Long-term plan, and I've always said it from the day that I opened Rock and Roo six years ago, um, is that I want a secondary studio in Brighton. Um, again, right. I don't know if it would be a shared thing like Eden is... Whether any of them would also want to do it, yeah, but yeah. I want to eventually live between Stamford and Brighton, and Brighton, oh part time here, cool. part time there. I yeah. love it there. Yeah, I want yeah. to retire there. It's like my happy place.
0: Yeah. Well, it's such a creative, artistic, Just brilliant. Yeah, Everyone is, is yeah. so
1: free, and I yeah, love yeah. that. So I think maybe sort of Monday to Wednesday within Stamford, within Eden with those guys, and then Wednesday to Sunday in Brighton. Whether those guys want to be part of it or not, I'm not really sure yet, because, like I say, that's sort of five years' plan. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The final question I'm going to ask everyone on all of these podcasts mm. is um, just one bit of life advice. What bit of a, advice would you give the listener that you think might help them? Uh, again, I think I'm really quite
1: bipolar in my life stance. <laughs> But it is actually Ricky Gervais, and it's literally the quote, kindness is magic. I've got yeah. the on of knee there. Ah. I feel like wherever you get in life, whoever you become, if you're an arsehole doing it, you have completely wasted your time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because there is nobody that I know that is going to get to the end of their life and be like, I'm really glad I made that 100,000 and stamped on all those people doing it. Yeah. If you've got to be an arsehole, it's not worth it literally live by kindness.
0: Do you believe quite strongly in karma then as a result of that? Massively,
1: hugely. I feel like you will never, ever be able to take out of your life what you haven't put into it. And there will be people that get really lucky and you'll be sat there thinking, yeah, but I know this bloke who is an arsehole and he's got all of this and this big house and I promise you he's miserable. Because if he wasn't miserable, he wouldn't be an arsehole. I would rather have nothing
0: and have peace. But yeah, gosh, thank you so much. That's been just fantastic. And yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. If you would like to hear more about this chat, see some behind the scenes pics and some personal profile pics, plus read about how to get started in this industry and or this role, then please go and support us on Patreon. The link is on this podcast page and across all of our socials. Sincere thanks in advance.